3: Learn more at
0: Marines.com.
2: On this episode of Missing the Point, we'll take our first trip around the NBA and take a look at some of the biggest storylines through the league's first two weeks. We'll first take a look at the Boston Celtics and whether the combination of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is the current best one-two punch in the league. We'll discuss if the emergence and early impact of Peyton Pritchard makes him the steal of the draft, and if Kemba Walker will be able to make an impact when he returns from his knee injury. We'll also take a trip around the rest of the league and discuss whether the Nets' rocky start put the damper on their sky-high expectations, are Giannis and the Bucks still a dangerous team, and what about the Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat? Steph Curry dropped 62 points earlier this week. Does this spell a resurgence for the Warriors, or are they still just a memory of a Western Conference powerhouse? All that, and Bobby finally concedes about the Toronto Raptors. But first, some housekeeping. Missing the Point is a one-hour podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports, with a New England flavor. The show notes and transcript from today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as on our website www.mtpshow.com. If you're new to the show, please consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate your feedback. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. All of our links will be in the show notes. And check out our brand new website, www.mtpshow.com. That's mtpshow.com. And now... This is Missing the Point, episode 30, but it's all relative.
3: Hello and welcome to Missing the Point, the show where we desperately try to talk about sports so we don't have to think about the dystopian hellscape burning outside our very windows. Welcome into our merry and whimsical adventure, where it's always candy canes and rainbows. I'm your host, Joe Malkin. Just wanted you guys to know, I know we are sponsored by my wife's company, Little Bit of Heart, who made our shirts. I have to ask, though, please only call in and ask for high-end screen printing on various goods. I need those guys from the Cannibal Association to stop calling and asking, how much is a little? All right, now that we have that out of the way, today we're going to talk about that wonderful old game invented by James Naismith in Springfield, Massachusetts in 1891. That's right, you guessed it, horseshoes. No, that's a typo. So Wrong show. Basketball. And in the 2020-2021 season of the National Basketball Association, but first... Let me introduce my panel of basketball brainiacs I have with me today who will carry me through this entire episode. First, we have the real BK, and much like his namesake, the real Slim Shady, people are often asking him to please stand up. Unlike Slim Shady, it's often followed by Sir. When the judge says, all rise, that means you too. It's Bob Kelly, Bobby, pop quiz. How tall is a regulation NBA basketball hoop? Ten feet? No, I'm sorry. The answer we were looking for was only as high as you can dream. Some call him DK sizzle, and many have speculated that's because the things he says are all sizzle and no substance. Not actually true. It's because he has a rare condition where his mouth starts burning every time he says the word doorknob. Go ahead, Dave up Ow. Dude, why'd you do that to me? Come on. It's because you Ow. listen every time. Dave pop quiz: who's the only player to ever score 100 points in a single basketball game? Wilt Chamberlain. No. I'm sorry. The answer we were looking for was Wilt Chamberlain, but better luck next time. Guys, <laughs> let's get right into this episode.
0: If you because said yes to that, I would have been pissed.
3: <laughs> I have a debate for you. <laughs> I have a debate for us to start off this show, and it involves arguably the two best players on the Boston Celtics, and that's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, discuss.
0: I'm going to answer the question that you have right on here. This isn't a debate that we should even be having, okay? It's not a debate. It's these two are the future. No one's better than one another. This is 1A and 1A that we have on the Celtics right now. And I know that's not what you think, but I'm telling you, these two... We're going to have something that the Lakers have, but they had to sign through free agency. These two are going to end up as two of the top five best players in the NBA in two to three years. And, and I truly believe that. And I think that's the ceiling we see in these past two games. I know I'm completely overreacting from game five. You're saying that Jalen Brown, and and Tatum are definitely
3: going to be as good as LeBron James and
0: Anthony Davis. Not definitely. Did I say definitely? Not Definitely. <laughs>
3: sure confident. (laughs) I have two things to point out, Bobby. I just want everyone there to out there to know those that have been listening to us since we started this podcast nearly five months ago. Bobby, your outlook on the Celtics. Is so different than your outlook on any other team you're a fan of. And I love it and hate it at the same time. But here's my question to you based on that assessment of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You say that they're 1A and 1A. My personal opinion is we need them to be a 2A and 2A because they don't have that third guy. So just like Dave said, you sounded very confident in that. They're not going to be as good as LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but they do need that third guy, in my opinion. To you guys, who would be that guy? They definitely do, and we thought it was going to be Kemba. That was the the
1: dice we were rolling, and he obviously, we've talked about this enough, but he obviously didn't come in looking right in the playoffs last year, and we don't really know what he's going to look like when he comes back. I think the guard play's been pretty good by the Celtics so far this season, but the thing that's been saving us is those two guys playing super well. I think that it's fair enough when Celtics fans get frustrated with Tatum because he tries to do too much, and those iso- Step back threes are they're definitely garnering a polarizing view in the Celtics fan base at this point. And I feel like most people are on the South Pole of not liking it. But you have to think, like you said, Joe, the Celtics are basically pretty reliant on those two players at this point to get the job done, which it wasn't a very far away era of basketball when you could rely on one guy and one became three. And then if you have guys that are as good as LeBron and AD, three can become two. But it's the cast of characters around them we're relying on a lot of guys to take leaps now has robert williams taken a leap yes is peyton pritchard way better than we thought he was going to be yes and i'm sure we'll get into all that later but i agree with you there has to be a third guy and right now as it stands who we have on the team we're basically just hoping it's kemba we're hoping kemba comes in and, and becomes kemba again and The sooner we start realizing that's our fate, that's like the position we're in right now, the better. Because I said it would suck if we drafted the players we drafted. Pritchard's been playing well, so okay, no problem there. But it just perennially feels like we're one piece away. Could we be JB and JT go up a huge level and that's the piece we needed? And if they can play like this consistently, sure. But it's only been a few games, so let's see. This isn't far away from the team that was jacking up bricks, like building houses in the playoffs like not too long ago. I'm just saying, just take it one day at a time here with these Celtics. It really could go either way. It could still all explode. So when Bobby, when you get super amped up about it, I'm like, dude,
0: I don't know, man. We're on, we're balancing on a pretty precarious bridge here. So really what... I know, I got excited. So really what... <laughs> I got really excited there for a moment. I'm, I'm very aware. So I don't think it needs to be 2A and 2A to go back to what you said, Joe. I think it's more... They're 1A and 1A and we needed two. you know what I mean? Like those two are the top players on the team. And he was like DK was saying, that's why we all thought Kemba was the guy because Kemba is so willing to take that back seat and let those two be the star. And when they need him to step up to score those 30 points, he did. And that's why he was perfect. So that we don't know if Kemba's that guy. There's trade rumors out there right now for Kemba because of that knee. So we're not sure if he's actually going to end up being that guy. But that's why I'm so against bringing in like a big star like a James Harden or like these guys who are going to demand those minutes and those shots because I feel like you can't take those shots away from those two because those are your two guys. And I think those past two games have proven that, listen, we can give them this faith. We can give them they're going to be our one. We need to get someone in here who can be that solid
3: too. Granted, we had that already a little bit with Kyrie, right? When he was here earlier in those two guys' careers. But I'm going to say exactly what you're going to rebut there is if a guy like Kyrie were here now, it wouldn't be. And this is the first and probably only time I'm ever going to say this because you guys know my feelings on Kyrie. It It was more helpful than it would ever be now if he were on this Boston Celtics team with these two guys. Now, I I think personally, this is what Brad is trying to do is what you just said, Bobby. He's trying to, over the long run, build his teams like he did at Butler for all those years at an NBA level, if that makes sense. And you have those two pieces and now he wants to find those really good role players and bench guys so that he can have Dave, like you said, two guys That run this. But let's talk about Kemba because he came up. Are are we worried a little bit about that knee? What do we think the team is going to look like when he comes back? And and does he come back? Because even nine hours ago, there were articles on, on him being moved and possibly for James Harden. So what are our thoughts on Kemba in that sense?
1: I would love it if Kemba came back and he was the same guy that he was before because I think he has like such a... Everyone's talked about this. The identity that he has fits really well with The Boston Celtics, like the kind of guy that he is. It seemed like the exact locker room presence that we needed in response to the Kyrie debacle. And I think that he did a really good thing, Bobby said, of giving away the leadership, like leading, but giving away the the superstar role immediately to to Tatum and Brown. And I think that was a very smart thing that he did um, for himself and for the team. So... it's really difficult to figure out character. It's really difficult to figure out what kind of a dude you're getting when you in any sport when it comes to a trade or a free agency signing. And I think it's hard to bet on a potentially bad character when you know you have a good one. Now, in saying that, Harden's numbers are absolutely filthy. Like they're absolutely absurdly good so i understand people saying i don't want harden because of the chemistry like you're saying bobby like you're in because of the chemistry situation in the locker room and we've already seen a bad chemistry situation blow up on this team i think james harden coming onto the celtics is it would be good news you know what i mean i know it's hypothetical but i think it would be good news he drops 40 on a regular basis we're all going off about uh, Tatum dropping 40 the other night. We're all jo- going off about JB getting close to 40, dropping 37. James Harden drops 40 without even trying. He's the best offensive player in the NBA right now. Might be the best offensive player of his generation, if not ever, just on the pure offensive side of the ball. He's an unbelievable shooter. He's an unbelievable dribbler. He's an unbelievable finisher. He might get everybody better at making layups, which is something that we need. And yeah, you can say he's like not a leader, but like how many years are you going to give Jalen and Jason pouting every time somebody comes in that's just as good as them you know what i mean like they need to be fucking happy that that get a good basketball player showing up to play with them and it gives them a chance to win so go win that's
0: my question that's my question for you though is from what i've seen okay harden's not coming here without giving one of them two up like they want brown they're not going to give up harden for kemba smart and a first round pick from the fucking i don't even know do we have any first round picks right now? No, we don't. We're not in, in our own first round pick. So it, it's, yes, I would if he came here, awesome. You know what I mean? Like I said, I hate him so much right now and I wouldn't want him on this team. But if he got traded here, I would have to root for him. If
1: you have to give up one of those two, you, you don't do it. If you, you don't do it. If you have to give up one of those two, you don't do it. If you can give up literally everything else and get him and then just sign veteran max deals around those three, then yes, you 100% do that. But no, if you have to give it, no, you don't trade away your future. For I agree with you on that. But I will give them everything else. I will give them access to the TD Garden on weekends if they wanted it. I don't, it doesn't, that wouldn't matter to me at all. Like whatever we can throw at them. Let's give them like a cut. Let's cut them in on the Mass Pike, on the sales on the Mass Pike. Let's just cut them in like 3%. That's good. Those are good numbers for the city of Houston. Let's let's do a deal. But not no, not for those two, for sure.
3: So, Bobby, just to follow up on your draft real quick, they, they do have a first-round pick in the 2021 draft.
0: No, they do. but They don't have anyone else's, right?
3: They have two second-round picks, their own, and then Oklahoma City's.
0: Yeah. It's like the first year in the past eight years that we don't own two other teams' picks. Yeah, But so I feel – so with Tatum and Brown, though, I feel like this all started back in that Eastern Conference Finals run. You know what I mean? That's when these two decided – I feel I I honestly feel like they told each other this. And I know I say that shit all the time because I'm like the fucking fly on the window that listens to athletes conversations. But they definitely like I feel like they had to have had that conversation. Listen, this is our fucking team. Look at what we're doing right now. We're going to the Eastern Conference finals. And when Kyrie comes back, if he plays up the suit, we could win championships. He didn't. They fucking hated him. And there was chemistry issues. He left, and then last year we saw them bring this team to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then this year we see this next step up. And I feel like what you said, Joe, is exactly right, that Steven saw that year, and he's been trying to cater to that ever since.
3: I think he's telling them that, too. Like, I think he's telling them they're the guys, and I, I think, think that's part of the that, problem. I think
0: or that Kyrie year, too, so that way when Kyrie tried to come back and be the guy, it just didn't work. And I don't think that can happen here, which is why, like I said, if he gets traded here, I'll eat my words and I will root for him. I'll grow my beard long like he does. But you're going
3: to look just like him.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm so against it. I'm so against bringing him in here.
3: But that, that's, that was going to be my question, though, because clearly they are one, one above average piece from getting to that next level.
0: How long have we been at that? But the thing is, it's like we've been at that place, but we've never added it. So why is it their fault? is what I'm always saying. It's like, these two have done everything we've asked them to do. You know what I mean? Like they, they've played their roles. And because we haven't had that extra scoring when they happen to have an off night.
1: But they haven't played the rules. Though. It was a hundred percent on them for not getting it done last season in the playoffs in the bubble. Like Jason Tams getting swatted at the rim. by bam on a bio. Yeah. I agree that if we had a little bit of a better big man, but we should be beating the heat. Like we just should be like, that was inexcusable borderline. And we all said that at the time. They failed at these conference finals two times. Like there is two ways of looking at this. I hope they're looking at it your way. I hope they're looking at it your way. I really do. But they, the East has only gotten stronger. You know what I mean? So uh, we need something here. With Like I said at the start of the season, if we draft the draft picks, we're not winning this year. And I don't see that. Nothing's happened to change my mind as of yet. I know it's early in the season, but nothing's happened to change my mind as of yet. And I think you're really married still to the idea of Tatum and and Brown, which is a great idea. And I'm not saying it's done yet. Far from it. But I think that we just need to all be careful that we don't keep talking ourselves into Tatum and Brown and have them come up short every year. I know they're young, but so was LeBron. There's two of them. LeBron was young. He was under an intense amount of scrutiny. How do they react to this scrutiny? How do they overcome this scrutiny? If they keep, if I understand, it's their own measuring stick, making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But we're a winning culture here in Boston, and they're going to need to win.
0: (laughs) They just are. That's the thing. It's like it's Boston. So I feel like everyone in Boston forgets. It. I'll count myself in it. Forgets how hard winning a fucking championship is. You know what I mean? Player, great players go their entire careers without doing it. Because LeBron James makes it look easy. <laughs> exactly. So just because he can do it every fucking year, he's there, what, the last nine years? He's a god among men. That's not what we're expecting these guys to be is the thing. It's like, they're not Tom Brady. They're not LeBron James. But you're. But you're. But if you want
1: to talk about matchup nightmares, like if you can't get past Bam out of Bayou and Jimmy Butler, you were sure as shit are not getting past LeBron and AD. Like, that's just not happening. Listen, LeBron's
0: only going to be in the league like another 12 years, okay? So, like...
3: Well, sure, but what are we building for? Are we building to win in the East? It helped that, that Miami had Tyler Harrow as well. So, that that was definitely a big part of that matchup issue. And it just looked like the Celtics really had given up towards the end. Like, that last game. I, I don't well, know. We going getting
1: beat up at the guard position, like, said many times. And, yes, all right, let's talk about Peyton Pritchard. Like, it's great that he's here. Like, I think... He's definitely surpassed expectations. I think that I love his game. I think he's super confident. He like runs. He runs right at guys. He doesn't care who's guarding him, which is a great quality in a rookie. I've like basically never seen that. I would be very worried about him in a defensive situation in the playoffs because I think that he's a little undersized. I think that he could get bullied, especially by Jimmy Butler type. I think he'd get tortured by Jimmy Butler if he if they play the sw- the switches. So I don't want to become overly reliant on Pritchard being on the floor. Most of the time, I'm good with him coming in and, and shooting, which is what he's been doing like really well. Like He's coming in, he's making his shots. And if that's what we're missing hugely offensively against the Heat, like you said, Joe. And I think Pritchard can like actually really bring that. I thought Neesmith was going to be the guy to come in and do that. I don't know what they're saving him for, but he's he. we've barely seen him do anything. And when he does come on, he doesn't even look like as good of a
3: shooter as Pritchard. I don't know if it's a confidence thing, and maybe he just needs mince his legs. Let's dive into that, Dave. And let me ask this question. You ask, how long are we going to build towards that? Bobby says it could take 12 more. I know you were joking and it was in jest, but 12 more years.
0: Because LeBron's a fucking animal.
3: He is. But so Brown and Tatum are in what? Year four? Four and three. Four and three. All right. So they're in years four and three, respectively. And that, so not everybody can be LeBron and and you guys, and I can't remember which one of you said it, but it's, it's a five or six year window. And I think it was Dave, it's a five or six year window. And if you don't do it in that window, you're not going to do it, which isn't necessarily true, but most of the time it is statistically, that is true. It is that third guy, those pieces, are they on this team? Could they be Peyton Pritchard? Could they be Smith? Pritchard had 23 points, a, a career high, but in, in eight games against Toronto. He shot eight of 13 from the field, two of four from 3
1: we We've needed scores, man. We've just needed scores. Like I know that Tatum and Brown can score, but they're both so much better when each other is on the floor, if that makes sense. They can't really take workloads off each other that well. So somebody on the bench, like we were just not scoring off our bench last season at all, like not enough. And then especially not in the playoffs. So you rely on Jalen and, and Jason so much. I know this sounds weird, but if you rely on them less, they'll score you more points. <laughs> if, you need them, it like, if you need them to score 45 a night, they're not going to do that for you. But you can get them to score you like 35 a night each, probably this season and get up to that level. You know what I mean? Like at like average high 20s, both of them. And, but you need guys to come take the minutes off him. You know what I mean? That's just what you need. You need guys. And I'm hoping it's Peyton Pritchard, but he's a rookie. We would hit the absolute jackpot if he's come in and he's really going to play this consistently. I think we're going to see a dip with him at some point.
0: Yeah, that's, there's always a rookie dip. You know what I mean? It happens to every rookie. They're used to playing 30 games in a season and all of a sudden you jack them up to 72. Like that's inevitable. But Peyton Pritchard to me has been, So I was like watching a lot of highlights this past week and he's been the most impressive rookie almost maybe in the league so far this year. Like the things that he's doing were so unexpected that he at this point has entered the top five for rookie of the year consideration in 2021. That's pretty crazy considering we didn't even draft him first overall
1: for
3: us. No, he was the 26th pick in the draft.
0: This guy has been so impressive and it's been since day 1. Is the most impressive part since the day he's walked on an NBA floor. He's just I know, but he's just one of those guys. I know it's early. I know. I'm overreacting. He's
3: also sure. 6 he's also 6-1. So he's listed at 6 he's
0: listed at 6'2 190. But when you see a rookie come in sometimes if they belong or they don't Like pretty fast. If they belong in an NBA court, they don't. You want who's the guy that we had from Kentucky a couple years? James Young doesn't belong in an NBA court. Peyton Pritchard belongs in the fucking NBA. Like he will be, he'll be in the league for the next ten to twelve years. What he ends up being, we don't know. He could be bench. He could be a starting point guard. But like that guy is impressive. So I think he is. He's the first piece I've seen on this team in a long time that's homegrown that we brought in that have been like okay. That's a guy besides Tatum and Brown, at least. I'm pretty sure he won the
1: Bob Cousy Award, too, which is like, yeah, which is like the best point guard award. So I think. That's would be like a pretty cool sign <laughs> if like he won that
0: and then came on as the great with the great hope of the uh, Boston Celtics. But the first sign for Peyton Pritchard to me was when Marcus Smart started singing his praises. Marcus Smart isn't a guy that like is going to be like, this guy's awesome. He when only when loves Marcus dogs. Smart is he
1: loves dogs. Wait, right? When Marcus <laughs> Smart is like,
0: this guy's a dog. That's when, you know. That's when you know that you yeah. got something. Yeah. So I'm very high on Listen,
3: pain. I'm excited too, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm very high on
0: pain. For Listen, I will you get too. you excited. You by I the want end all of the show, DK.
3: Bobby, you're excitable no matter which way you get excited. You always go from zero to 100. No, you got me though. You actually
1: totally got me because I was like, <laughs> I am excited about I'm high on him, but I was trying to help you out because I don't want you to, <laughs> I don't want you to it, <laughs> like overreact and then get your hopes dashed. So I'm looking out for your well-being, but now I'm excited too. And think about how excited I was about Jeff Teague too. I'm basically crazy over the top excited about the Celtics guard play right now. Cause like Jeff Teague is also something we were missing in a different way, which is playmaking in the guard position off the bench, especially while while Kemba's hurt. And I think that Teague could take a little bit better care of the basketball, but again, it's early, but I think he could take a little bit better care of the basketball, but I do. I love his passing game. I love everything he brings to the table when, he brings that thing that Gordon Hayward was doing when he would play his minutes where he can play make inside the paint. You know what I mean? Like he can spread the ball. He put spread the ball, not around the perimeter, spread the ball inside and outside of the paint, which is basically what Hayward was doing, which was what was helping us in the playoffs last year, but he wasn't shooting. Well, if T can shoot well, that those are really valuable minutes then, you know, that you're not overstocking on Gordon. Hey, we're going, come on, Gordon. We need more from you. You're going like, Oh, all we need from you is this Jeff. We just need you to do these like two things, which 10, is just, like, five better... and five. That's exactly. what we need from Jeff 10, exactly. five and
3: five. Yeah. And, and I was literally, I, I have 15 things rattling around in my head. First of all, is Bobby. It's so funny how you get so excited about the Cowboys improving to two and three. And then you also, put Peyton Pritchard in the hall of fame when he scores 23 points in an eighth career game against Toronto. So you guys are excited for good reason though, right? There's still 64 games left in this 72 game shortened season for the NBA, but this Boston Celtics roster, while they're only five and three, that's still a pretty good start. They their roster has started to shape up a little bit, and you guys mentioned the, the obvious, the Browns, the Tatums, the Smarts, and then the not-so-obvious, the the Pritchards and, and the Neesmiths who haven't gotten there due. But Dave, one, one guy you've been really high on this year so far is Robert Williams coming off the bench. In, eight ga- in seven games, excuse me, he hasn't started a game. He played 29 games last year, 32 games in, in the 18-19 season. He's played a fourth of the games he normally plays, and all of his numbers already, Dave, off the bench, are exponentially higher than what they were. Why are you so high on him, and what do you see him giving the Celtics?
1: Back me up on this, Bobby. I've been saying that Robert Williams' ceiling is the thing that solves all the Celtics' problems for a good year now, and the since since we started, yeah, since we began. and yeah. but I've always been hypercritical of his defensive awareness. I think he last season in the playoffs, he was very guilty of biting on every single fake that every offensive player threw at him. He was when he first came to Celtics, he was super bad on switches and calling switches, participating in them, like he got beat by the picker roll a ton. He played a little undersized around the basket when it came to, standing tall, blocking, like owning the paint, but he was good around the rim, like with his hands. So you could see the things he could do, right? Like he's super long. He can get to the, he can get to the, to the rim really easily. He can block the ball, not the man, which is like a very useful skill set. but we need him then moving in that two, three zone a little bit better. We could have beaten that zone. No problem against the heat. If Robert Williams can move in the paint as well as he's moving this year. And I don't think he's at a ceiling yet because I think his ceiling is Crazy high because of his physical abilities. You can't teach that stuff, but you can teach the defensive stuff. And I think that he's been working on learning it, and he looks a little bit better, a lot better actually, a lot better. And I think I th- but I just I'm still hopeful because his ceiling is so crazy high. If we can, and if Thompson can help him too, play a little bit of that big boy, big body basketball, and teach him a little bit more of that how to use his body. And he still got a little growing to do. Like he can still muscle wise, he can still fill out a little bit more. Like he's pretty young, so
0: that's the guy thompson thompson is going to make robert williams if anyone's going to make robert williams into that player tristan thompson is going to be the reason like bringing him in here to mentor robert williams was so smart because you're right dude that's exactly what we need him to do is body people down low especially in that two three zone me and you talked about that all last year in the playoffs he's just like dude he can't move down low he was a treat like if you got him Going left to right in that paint, it was over. You, were you got two guards on him, two guards, and he's just going to get scorched. And it's, dude, just go with one
1: of them. Don't let him finish at the rim. It's
0: fine. You know what I mean? All he had to do was foul with listen, that's, He All he had to do was foul one of those guards hard one time last year in the playoffs. And it's completely different, but he just wouldn't do it. And I feel like that's where Tristan comes in. And I feel like he's going to make such a big impact on this team with Robert Williams. He will make an impact with his play but we're going to see a lot out of Robert Williams. And I think Tristan Thompson has a lot to do
3: with that. So Bobby, right now, the Celtics sit at five and three. Uh, as we record this on January 5th, which is a Tuesday, the Celtics will be taking on the Miami Heat tomorrow in Miami after beating, the, closing out a road trip after they beat the Tampa Bay Raptors last night down in Tampa, Florida. The Celtics are five and three in fourth place, just behind Philly, Orlando, and Indiana. Are they, you guys predicted them fourth in the preseason prediction show. Are they playing up to those standards for you so far?
0: Yeah. Yeah, what I said at the beginning of the season, six and four in the first ten. We had a very tough first ten games. If we can get out of this first 10 games of six and four, I see that as very successful. Right now we're five and three, so we're literally right on that pace. So yeah, I completely see it as successful. Uh, the, the, The development of Pritchard and Robert Williams is the most promising thing so far in this season. Then you add in Tatum and Brown scoring their, was Tatum's career high? I don't think it was. was yeah, it? I think it was, actually. Was it? So career know. highs on back-to-back nights? Actually,
1: no, he was almost... No, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. He was almost at his career high. I think he was like 47 is the
0: career yeah. high, something like that, yeah. So uh, close to career high and a career high on back-to-back nights. I think that we're definitely heading in the right direction. We're, we're going to compete for a title in the Eastern Conference this year, barring injury, and I don't think that's up for debate anymore. I think that we are one of the top four teams in the East, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, I think that... It's tough with this team too, because you have to still keep figuring stuff out as you go, because everyone's games change in leaps and bounds. And because it's a lot of the same personnel, but a lot of those personnel are playing very differently and we have a completely new supporting cast of characters, you're going to have to give them a few minutes to get their stuff together. You know what I mean? Everybody's giving Brooklyn like as much time as they need to get it figured out with KD and Kyrie. But really, that team's the same except for those two guys. We changed out a bunch more pieces. So with the way the Celtics play basketball, with the amount of, with the minute allocations that Brad especially likes to play with early in the season, because he's just, this is playoff training for us. You know what I mean? Like we know we're a playoff team. It's established that we're a playoff team. So the regular season, we use it to work out our rotations, work out our defensive assignments, but it's really difficult to do that, especially this early in the season with the truncated season. It's really difficult to do that when guys come in and say, oh, wait, shit, he's a lot better than we thought he was going to be. Oh, wait, he's a lot better than he was last year. He needs more minutes. He needs less. Like, this is stuff that you have to, like, really get acclimated. And like Bobby said, it was a tough first 10 games. So overall, I'm actually really happy with them. Like, again, I always say I still think we're one piece away But if Bobby's world comes to pass and Tatum and Brown become the players that he believes that they can be, I hope they can be. But I don't know if I believe it 100% yet. If they do then yes, absolutely, the world is our oyster. We can 100% beat anyone we want, and I am, but yeah, the answer is yes, I'm very
0: happy with our first. The thing is, to add on to that, is we're not even at, we're not even close to full strength right now. Not even close. Marcus was out last game. We still have Kemba to come back, and obviously that'll, that'll change chemistry and how things play out, so we'll have to get used to that again, but this team still has another level to go to. We still have another level where we're not relying on patience on Pritchard to do that we can have T going to score 10 points a game we can have these pieces that our role players actually beat role players if Kemba can come back and score 18 points a game so there's still another level sorry I'm really excited
3: no, you're good. I, I was just going to say is that the hope is exactly that, right? That they continue to get better, that those freshman slumps don't occur with Pritchard and Neesmith sees more time. Williams continues on the path that he is and Tatum and Brown stay healthy and continue to play the way they are. And and whether Brad Walker comes back or they trade him for something, I, I hope and that Brad and Trader Danny have their wits about them to not bring in a guy Uh, like Harden or Kyrie and they go find a piece that's going to compliment the guys on this roster because five and three through eight games. I honestly think when I saw the schedule that they were playing Miami in Miami tomorrow, I know there's no fans there, but it's still a road game. So, that's a good test for this team right now. They've had a tough schedule these first eight games, as Bobby and Dave both just alluded to. This is a very good test for this team right now, playing the way that they are. So
0: My, Miami's even better than they were last year, too.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. That's a spicy matchup. That's a spicy matchup. I want to see that. Yeah. I want to see that game. I want to see where they're at. I want to see where... This is a good... We got our muscles warmed up. Let's see what they got. Like They knocked us out. We definitely didn't take them seriously enough last year. We're definitely going to take them seriously this year, so... Let's see what happens. Let's see how those matchups work out. But like Bobby said, we're not at full strength. I would be real excited if Jason and Jalen play at this level consistently for the rest of the season and Kemba Walker comes back as himself. I would not be afraid of Miami. I would be just as bullish with Miami as I was going into the playoffs last season because I think if that scenario happens, we're a thousand times better than them.
0: The thing with the Celtics too is we're also frustrated with those last second Tatum shots. If Kemba Walker is healthy and in there, he 100% has the ball in his hands.
1: I think Jalen. I think we need to start grooming Jalen for the last ball in his
0: hand's last guy. It's it's Kemba's ball. Five seconds left. If he's healthy, if if he's there, I will never feel bad about him having the ball in crunch time.
1: Totally, but hey, and he is that guy for sure. But when it comes down to it, like right now, tr- practicing who should be the guy, I think it should be Jalen Brown.
0: Why? he goes
1: to the rim and he can he makes good choices. He can decide what to do with the ball when he gets in there. Maybe he'll pass it to Kemba for a shot. Maybe he'll pass it to Kemba early in the clock. Maybe he'll go to Jason in the corner. Maybe he'll go to Jason like at the top of the key. Maybe he won't take a 32 footer. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he won't do that, though.
3: He Don't do give that. the ball to smart to fire up 23s a
1: game. What he might do is get fouled and uh, miss both his free throws though. That would be what I'd be nervous about because he needs to really work on his free throws. But I think I think it, for me it goes sure. If one and two, Jalen and, and Kemba, but not Jason. He's just a bit annoying me lately with the last shot, shenanigan.
3: It, now, of course, I have one more question on the Celtics because we talk about the offense. You mentioned the possible defensive ineptitude of Peyton Pritchard, but that brings up another point with this. Not team. ineptitude, he's just small. Sure. That that's where I'm going with this with this. Is sorry, I should say the v- vertically challenged Peyton Pritchard on the defensive side of the ball we don't have a lot of size on this Boston Celtics team. That's still a problem because if they don't go out and find a big man, they don't have any size. So that's a problem throughout the entire year. Correct. Yeah. Like I said about
1: Rob Williams, Tristan Thompson's come in and that's going to be definitely going to help with size and rebounds, especially we're getting killed on the glass. And I think Bobby made this point. So I'm just going to steal it. He made it a few shows ago back in the uh, playoff time. If we had a Tristan Thompson type or a Miles Turner type, which would have been my preference, but if we had that type on Bam Adebayo for an entire series and he's chopping them and he's slowing him down and he's catching him coming around the corner and he's just on him, just like hand fighting, just doing all that d- dirty down low work like Tristan Thompson does, then Bam Adebayo is not getting up for that block on Jason Tatum, most likely. He's just going to be too beat up. He's going to be too discouraged. He's going to be too preoccupied with what Tristan Thompson has been doing to him for six games. And he's just not going to be able to get up there and, and make that happen. That's a huge thing. I do think that they addressed a lot of the holes that we had on the bench. But the bench doesn't win you championships in basketball, unfortunately. It helps you get there, but you got, you need your guys. And it's really all going to come down to them.
3: NFL teams don't win Super Bowls with their best player at their running back position, right? Most of the time, no. That's, that's a, the way that
0: goes. That's a fact, by the way, DK. That Not that I said it, but... <laughs> I, mean, I did say it. But... It is a fact that if we had someone down there chipping him he's not the confidence level and knowing that you're dominating a team just takes you to a different level cuz you're like these fucking guys get out of here. You kidding me? He's going up for that dunk? Nope. Plus it was his it was it, we let it
1: be his coming out party.
0: Right. And yeah. he was ready for it.
1: Yeah, we let him grab the headlines. We let him go home every night and have ESPN be like, "Oh, check out Bam Adebayo." Like we just let him get pumped up. I remember being mad at the bears so specifically for letting Adrian Peterson do that to them because you don't want to be the team that they break out against. Like just let somebody else take that. Yeah. They're probably going to be good, but just don't be the team that makes them good. <laughs> like that teaches them that they can be good. Don't be anyone's stepping stone, please. For the love of God, don't let that happen again. They should, if Tristan Thompson was there, he'd be like, there would have been at least one game where he went not tonight though. He would have seen those same ESPN shows and them going, this dude. And he would have been like, not tonight though, just tonight.
0: And that's all you need. If it took him getting kicked out of the game, he would have done it. He would have been in his head. Something would have happened.
1: We needed that Marcus Smart type presence in the front court, and I do feel like we got that. I do do Tristan Thompson for that. Again, I would have liked Miles Turner better because of his skill set, but don't tell Tristan Thompson I said that.
3: So moving on, Craig, I have a question for you. Have you done your Christmas shopping yet? Oh, many times. Many times. Are you still doing your Christmas shopping? Got to get ready for next year. Are you ordering from Boxtoe Crafts? I am ordering from Boxtoe Crafts,
2: even though I have no children. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to get for my kids. I'm getting it for your kids.
3: Wonderful. They're both crazy maniacs. Have you used the uh, code MTP at checkout for 15% off your first box?
2: I have not. That's actually a pretty good deal. Yeah, you should try that. Although I will have to do that soon because orders are running out rapidly. You haven't done it? Not yet. They're going to be pretty mad at
0: you, bro. They sponsor our show. I don't know if that... (laughs) And that really goes well.
3: You're always forgetting. You forget about the New Year's Eve party that you plan. That's you forget about the sponsor that you do the the, the spots for. I, I really I don't know what we're gonna do with you. Well,
2: that's what I'm telling you. On the out on the outside, I may only be 32, but on the inside, I am like pushing
3: 78 or something. I actually completely understand what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah, that's because we we know you've been forty since two thousand eight. So Bobby's forty. Craig can't remember anything, and David's just you and me now. You and me against the world, buddy. That's right. That's it. That's oh,
0: I was a pretty good boxo crafts right there.
3: You like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So boxo crafts. Cool. We can't wait to see you create. Fifteen dollars off your first box. MTP at checkout. So guys, let's get into a different topic other than the Celtics because I, I think we've sufficiently broken down the boston celtics i'm sure we could go on for hours and hours but let's talk about one of my favorite topics the main red clause i'm really glad you brought that up joe i'm just kidding so taco fall getting great numbers up in port no is the brooklyn nets being off to a rocky start it it fits my narrative so well that we that i've been talking about for months now the they granted. They're seven games into a 72-game season. Unlike Bobby, I'm not going to get too excited because they have 65 games left on their schedule, but they are three and four currently in 10th on the outside looking into the playoff picture at this point in time. Guys, what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets?
0: Let's just say Brooklyn fans should be happy. I'm not doing power rankings right now.
3: Yeah, you'd have
1: them 33rd. (laughs) Wait, no, honestly, where would they be? Where would they be roughly in your head? I, I
0: think right now I'd put them right in the middle, the east of of the east. Yeah, I don't see anything. I don't see anything that's making them stand out right now. I know it's it's early. They have the games where they go above and beyond, but like, wh- what are they really going to be to me? You know what I mean? Dinwiddie toward his ACL. I think that's a big loss for them because they need like the James Posey from the Celtics Shears. They need those guys to be that role player. And right now, I don't know if they have that around them because those guys were all starters last year. So that's a tough transition to make to go from this is your team to like, not only is this not your team anymore, but you're on the bench and you're like the seventh guy now. I just think that's a tough thing to get used to.
1: I don't know if I agree. We're recording this tonight at the Senate runoffs and I'm just saying too early to tell, too close to call. You don't want to hitch your wagon to any predictions about the Brooklyn Nets right now. I will just point out, that I'm not trying to be wait-and-see guy here, but we need to wait-and-see guys, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you're going to be wait-and-see guy.
1: Yeah. Okay, I mean, Okay, I Bobby. To, <laughs> but I have to be because Kevin Durant, I watched his Achilles tendon retreat into the middle of his leg. It was horrific. It was really bad injury, okay? He came back from a really bad injury. You need to give him some time, okay? It has to be at least 30 games before Kevin Durant is judged on any progress or coming back from any injury. He's probably got a, a setback in his future. He's probably got a bad few games and Kyrie Irving is like just getting used to playing with him. Don't worry about it. They're going to figure out how probably most likely to turn it on and destroy teams at will. So I, that would, that's still the most likely scenario for the Brooklyn Nets. Just, they just did so it today. Know. They destroyed the jazz. I wouldn't circle the Vultures just yet if I was you guys. I wouldn't stop, start popping the champagne over their corpse just yet. They've lost a few games. It, just like you said about the Celtics, it's early.
0: Uh, definitely not v- Vultures circling right now, but I just think that the, the thing is that Kyrie and KD aren't a problem. Those two are playing like they're supposed to.
1: I'm, not, I'm saying there isn't a problem yet. You can't certifiably say there's a problem
0: yet. I'm, I'm not saying there's actually a problem. I'm saying that the weakness of this team isn't KD and Kyrie at this moment. That's not why they're losing because those role players are having trouble fitting into those spots that they're supposed to play right now because they were used to playing 40 or not for 32 minutes a game. And now they're playing 18. Like I said, it's just a tough transition to make. And I just feel like that was coming though. Like they knew that was going to happen. Like they, they knew that they
1: were like overachieving last year and doing their best. Like they knew that their minutes were going down this year. So they had at least a little bit of time to prepare because two superstars had to come back in. It's not a surprise to them. And they should be filling those minutes with better production. You know what I mean? Instead of, instead, if they're 32-minute game players and they're playing 18 minutes, they should be a hell of an 18 minutes, don't you think?
0: I, I know what you're saying, but like, I, I just, Winnie going out, really, I feel is a big thing to them. Chris Levert going from most improved player to a possible six man, Jared Allen. And I just don't see it from those guys. I feel like they all think that they can be starters and most places they would be. So I just feel like the chemistry of this team is just going to be off all year. And I'm with Mike at this point. I know I was so against it at the beginning, but I really feel like this team is going to finish in the middle of the Eastern Conference. So I'm the
1: only one on side with the Brooklyn Nets now at this point, basically. Joe hated them when Kyrie got there.
3: Oh, I have him finishing
0: 16th out of 15 teams. Listen, I was completely against Mike when that all happened, but like just seeing them, man, it's just I don't, I don't see that cast working for them. That's
1: great. I actually love being on my own for stuff like this. So I'll just be over here with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant.
0: I feel perfectly fine about this about the situation. Are we gonna? Are we gonna? Are we gonna do this the entire basketball season too? Probably, oh, yeah, absolutely.
3: So, so my next question is because I think I know, I think I know Dave's answer to this based on what he just said. But Dave, are the Nets the team to beat in the East, or is it still Milwaukee?
1: I think that they're better than Milwaukee. I don't think Milwaukee are that good. I have never really been that scared of them. I know that we got swept by them. Wait, did we get swept by them, or was it five one? Or 4-1, uh, I mean. 4-1. Yeah, okay. We got four, yeah to strike because we won the first game, and it was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> We're and then we just out. got asses kicked. Yeah, okay. It's all coming back to me now. Okay. Still not scared of him, by the way. I just think Kevin Durant is, like, so good. And I'm such a big Kevin Durant fan as far as, like, the, his game. And I think he's a winner. And I think Kyrie Irving's also really good. <laughs> like, I know we all hate Kyrie Irving now, but I just think he's really good. So, if that means they're the team to beat, I'd like to think that the Celtics are the team to beat, but that's probably not the case. It's definitely not the 76 series anymore there. That's done. That process has ended. And I think, yeah, I guess they are. I guess they are, but it's the East. They wouldn't be if they're in the West. I'll say that. But yeah, I I would say they are because I don't think Milwaukee are that good. And Kevin Durant's here, guys. He's really good. He's really good.
3: Don't forget. He's really good. He's still coming off an injury. Kyrie is still at some point going to implode that team somehow. But Bobby, what do you think? Is Milwaukee the team to beat in the East or is it somebody else? Is it the Nets?
0: It's, it's neither of them. I think the team we're all leaving out is the team that won the East last year, and that's the Miami Heat. I think they're the team to beat in the East, and I don't think there's much doubt in my mind. Matchup-wise, that's that so
1: tough for the – they're such a bad match. Are The Nets are such a bad matchup for them, though. Because, like, they can't do anything about Kyrie Irving.
0: When do they play the Nets? I'm very excited to see that. Yeah, game. I want to see that, too. I'm very excited to see that game. I, see I, that too, the, I sure. think that is, that's a tough matchup for them. But if anyone... I just feel like the Heat can get around tough matchups just because of who they are, because of the style of basketball they play. Because if they find a one... If you're lacking for 10 minutes against the Heat, you're down by 20. Or they go on, like, a 20-2 to two run. So they're just that, that kind of team that, like, if... If you're not playing your best basketball, there you don't stand a chance against them. You need to play your best basketball every single night against this team. And not only did they win the East last year, but then they brought in the number two guy for rookie of the year, in my opinion, and that's Pres- Precious Ayachua. This dude is unbelievable, man. I don't know how he fell as far he as he did in the draft, but he's a baller. He's awesome.
1: It sucks how much stronger the East is from last year. I felt like last year was our shot. Get out of the Eastern Conference Finals. I still don't think we would have beat the Lakers, but that was our shot to get out of the Eastern Conference Finals when we blew it. And they're even stronger than they were before. You're right. I still think, I think we're better than we were last year,
0: too, though. And I think that we'll beat them if we see them in the playoffs. But we'll see how it shakes out. That's crazy how literally every single contender in the East this past year went up a level going into this year well
1: it was easy for the 76ers as the worst contender to go up a level because all they needed was somebody who could coach a basketball team even a little spacing imagine look at what a little tiny bit of space does for a team They're, they still always had good players but like they were so pathetic in last year's playoffs that i'm glad somebody's there to help them because it was just looking bad it was fun that matchup with that
0: rivalry was fun because we always beat them but at least they looked like they were like good i do see in seth curry steph's brother play a prominent role on a team he hasn't been able to role before and i I think he's underrated yeah yeah i just went there joe
3: it's just it's just so yeah exactly it's so (laughs) funny
0: i I just love seeing that i love the bloodline stories i always have i would love to see i want to see a steph seth shootout night when it comes to
3: philly versus steph would still win He just dropped 62 points
0: oh yeah yeah
3: We'll get there, but my, my, my next point, and I'm going to totally point out the obvious here, but to that conversation, we were just having of how good the East is getting it. (laughs) This is the LeBron James effect. And I I don't know if that's been uh, coined yet, but I'm going to coin it right here on this episode of missing the point. Every year, LeBron James was in the East. There was a couple of teams that would try and get there and beat Cleveland or Miami. Then he goes to LA. Now there's a couple teams that are going to try and compete with LA, but when he was in the East, every team in the West started to get exponentially better because all the players were going out there just to get there, just to get the opportunity to play against LeBron in the finals. Now it's happening in the East and you're going to see it as long as he's in LA, that the Eastern conference teams are going to get better just for that opportunity to play him in the finals. I
1: Honestly, I don't think it's because they want to get better. I think it's because they're like, I don't want to be in LeBron's conference.
3: Well, no, sure. That's what I mean. They don't want to play LeBron all year. They'd rather play him at the end.
1: Yeah, it's just like I'm glad to see the West have to deal with going through LeBron James now because I had to put up with it my entire adult life. So I'm really glad that like they have to deal with that bullshit now because it turns out, newsflash, he's really hard to beat because <laughs> he's the best basketball player of our generation by far.
3: Wow, so- Dave, you know what it's like to not be a Patriots fan and not be a fan of a LeBron James team. That must be a very interesting existence for the last twenty. 20- yeah, like I
1: hate LeBron James for the years of misery <laughs> they put me through. Although I will say, I saw live the game where Paul Pierce went toe to toe with him and just started absolutely draining shots in his face. And I was pretty close to it when he like ripped off his Cavaliers jersey for the first time and threw it away. But I was like, I saw that. And then Shaq was playing for the Cavs at the time. And I thought I saw Shaq's last ever game in the NBA. And I thought I saw LeBron's last ever game for the Cavs. Turns out I saw neither of those things because <laughs> LeBron went back to the Cavs and Shaq came and played for the Celtics the next season. So I thought these were wonderful moments that I witnessed history, but really I didn't.
0: <laughs> you mean the, go- the ghost of Shaq came and played for the Celtics? The corpse,
1: yeah. They dragged his corpse out onto the, feet, onto the court. I think he played like
0: six days for us. He was terrible. And it was like Charles Barkley. This ain't Charles uh, in Space Jam. You ain't Charles Barkley? You want to be gone, <laughs> the- the- Wanna be? <laughs>
3: The best part of Shaq's career at that point were his general insurance commercials, not a sponsor. Friend of the show, not a sponsor. That that was probably the best part of his late uh, career. Now I just he like does those. To, oh, I uh, forgot he does. about those commercials. Now <laughs> I just like listening to him and Charles yell at each other on live TV. It's hilarious.
2: I remember when Shaq came to the Celtics, the first points of that season was a Shaq dunk. And I was thinking, this is gonna be one of the most spectacular seasons I've ever seen. And it was massive disappointment after that. Then he was injured for the rest of the season. The whole (laughs) season. And then he he retired. (laughs) I'm not kidding. The very first points of that season, a vintage Shaq dunk. I was like, yes! Yeah, he did that. And then they, I don't know, broke everything. It's a good thing you gave that visual for the people listening. You like that? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. No, it was the sound effect. That's really what did it. Um, <laughs> it was he show- Not to go into a shack tangent, but this is fun. He showed up that season like 450 pounds. <laughs> 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 he wasn't was the on the court. I was like, dude. What?
1: What's funny? I went to a regular season game that season. And the way if you get there a little bit early, you can go down towards the, like, the baseline, like be courtside and see them warm up a little bit. And I walked down and I was like pretty close to Shaq. And I wasn't even really shocked at how big Shaq was because I expected Shaq to be big. I was shocked at how big Ray Allen was because they were playing the Heat. And and Ray Allen was on the Heat by that point. And I was like, or actually, was he still on the Celtics at that point? Yeah, he was still on the Celtics at that point. And I looked over at Ray Allen and I was like, he's enormous because you look at the TV and he's tiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so little compared to everybody else. I was like, Ray Allen's a monster of a man. <laughs> if he wasn't around a bunch of other monsters of men, he'd be like <laughs> the largest man you'd ever seen. He would like to that point. He was, if Shaq wasn't standing right there,
0: like Ray Allen on a basketball court. I man, he's small Ray Allen in your living
3: rooms. Like, Jesus, it's dude. it's all about perspective, man. <laughs> it's all about perspective. Craig knows my house, and I had a six eight fella in my house once, and Craig would know that gentleman would hit his head standing straight up in the highest point. How do you get in your kitchen? He didn't really get into any part of the house. That's the no one's ever been in your kitchen, guys. <laughs> I've been. It's a narrow opening to get into his kitchen. Yeah, it is a narrow opening. So if anybody wants to donate to the uh, Malkin remodeling of the kitchen fund, you can enter code MTP.
0: No, just give your bank account information. No. Oh yeah,
3: I'll give my. You route yeah, text it to me privately. It's fine. Yeah, if I, you want me to, you guys want my social security number too? Yeah, that'll help. Talked about the East versus West, the the LeBron James effect, but. Was it last night or two nights ago? Steph Curry dropped a career high 62 points. Dave, does this spell resurgence for the Warriors?
1: It's not news that Steph Curry's good. It's great that that he did that, but the problems are still the problems. Their next best player that's healthy is a rookie. You agree with that, right, Bobby? He's their next best player? Yeah, he is their best player. uh, Klay Thompson, I don't know when he's ever going to be really coming back, and what's he going to look like when he comes back? That must have been so devastating for them to get that news. Knowing you had such a high draft pick, and Steph and Clay was gonna be back, and it was like, okay, we're gonna be the Warriors again. And I don't know, man. I just think I know it sucks for narrative, but Clay going down, like that's their season, dude. That's
0: just their season. They knew it too because they panicked trade for Kelly Oubre, which put them that that trade actually I read something the other day that caught that cost them, he gets paid 10 million but it brought them over the luxury tax. So that trade actually cost them like $48 million. Yeah. And he's not Klay Thompson. Kelly Uber is not good. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? Like he's, he had a good first game, I think. And then he he, hasn't done He's all right. He's like a Marcus smart or like, he's a Marcus Smart's not good. I get it. He's at
1: that. He's in that tier. I
0: understand. Clay Thompson's like in the same tier as Steph Curry. Exactly. So like, that's the level that they're going to is they're replacing Klay with Uber. So that's why if the Warriors have a chance, Clay needs to score 45 out of 10 nights for them to be able to get like a top six seed in the West.
1: But just him being there to worry about like Steph doing it all by himself. Like and he's not injury prone either. And he, he's coming off an injury too. Yeah, and I like, just
0: made a glass. So he breaks it like every year
1: it's such a big setback for them. And like now the West is so much stronger. You have to think this is obvious to say, but like basketball sort of is reacting to the golden state warriors right now. All the other good teams are basically built to beat the warriors, but you don't have to beat them anymore in that same way, because like they, and I got to give them credit. Like they changed how people play basketball. Like you needed to have really good shooters. You remember the Orlando magic, the Stan Van Gundy Orlando magic, like trying to build a team about spot up jump shooters. Like just didn't work before until all five positions are super fast. All five positions can pass the ball. They can move up and down the court faster than anyone you've ever seen. And they all make all their shots all the time. Like they don't stop. Like Steph Curry just doesn't go through cold spells. So now that they're a little weaker, their cast of carriage a little weaker. Draymond's a little older. Yeah, Steph, Steph can go up for 62 man, but like the West is so tough. I think they'll finish higher than they did last year because I think they came in last. But um, <laughs> because Steph's healthy, but they're not going to go like they'll get absolutely waxed by the Lakers. There's about three or four teams that beat them in the West. Now I think in the
0: playoffs, look look at the team. If, if the Suns are the team that we've seen so far, the West is, is so much better than it was. The, the Suns are so good. Dude. They look so good. Right. Paul and together are just a duo. That's but like...
1: I think that Chris Paul does that though, to a lot of teams. He flatters to deceive. He comes in, he gives them a really great regular season. And then he's, he, his body breaks down in the playoffs. And he's just not there when you need him, and you know it's, his
0: ass is so goddamn big. <laughs> that's
1: why. That's why it's so hard to move him off the ball and everything for his size and everything. But it's he Yeah, I say that he's done. He does that because he's done it to a, a couple of teams now. So, Thunder uh, last year, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't get too excited about the Suns, but but Nate, they're a really good team regardless of him. And he really definitely he fits in perfectly there. But he fits in everywhere he goes. He always finds a way to fit in and play really well. So. If he can stay healthy, sure. But I just don't, I'm not banking
0: on that. But then the Lakers, better than they were last year. Clippers, same as they were last year. Pelicans, probably better than they were last year. Jazz. The Clippers
1: might still figure it out, dude. Hawaiian Paul George might figure it out. Like, Paul George might stop sucking, like he keeps saying. he's Every night, I feel like it's a press conference. Paul George, I promise I'll stop sucking soon. Continues to suck. But he might stop soon. Who
3: knows?
0: That like, West is the west is tough, dude. It's Yeah, I, it is tough. It's tough out there.
3: There's a lot of good teams out there, and as you guys are mentioning them, I'm, I'm looking at where they are now currently in uh, L.A., Phoenix, and L.A. are all 5-2, 1-2, and, uh, and 3 Clippers, Suns. The Lakers, with their uh, win over Memphis, will move into first at 6-2. and two. Golden State is at 6th. Bobby, we Ray and I predicted them to finish 7th. It sounds almost like you're higher on them than that, and Dave would have them right about there. Am I correct in that assessment? Well, I'd say that's
0: about right. I think their goal for this season is to at least make that play-in tournament. If the Warriors can get into that play-in tournament, let Steph shine a little bit, let people show that he's still here, he's a force, and maybe he leads them to a couple games. Maybe he gets them in and they, like, losing six to the, to the one seed. That's their goal this year. I don't. So six through nine would be where I would put them this year for sure. Somewhere in that area where the right around the border of missing the playoffs, maybe, and maybe not. But I
1: think those five teams that are ahead of them right now are better than them. The Jazz, the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Suns, and the Clippers are all better than them. So that's a lot of teams to have be better than
0: you. <laughs> but then you, look, <laughs> you know the thing, the thing is though, then you look underneath them and there's teams that are underperforming who are also better than them. I
1: think the Mavericks have the potential to be better than them. The Mavericks are definitely better than
0: them, yeah. And yeah. the Nuggets, the Nuggets are definitely underperforming so far. But again, it's early. They have Jamal Murray. They have—I don't know why I keep forgetting names tonight. What's the white guy's name? Jokic. They have Jokic. Oh, yeah. So like. Yeah, honestly, I think you're right. Looking at it, I think they'd be lucky to get the eight seed. Yeah, if, if their goal is to get into the playoffs, if the Warriors can get in this year, that's a success for their season. Without totally players, for sure, it just
1: sucks because that's not was not the case before Clay went down. But obviously, yeah. that's gonna.
0: Yeah.
3: Another team that, that could be lucky to get in, if we can extend this a little further, because I know this is a great topic between the two of you, is the the Tampa Bay Raptors of, of Toronto or the Toronto Raptors of Tampa Bay have been very disappointing. They're one in five to start the season. Is this a playoff hangover? Uh, Dave, are they having a problem no, they, playing they south stink of the border? I told you guys
1: they stink last year. They stink. They're not good. They were only good because Kawhi was there. I fucking said this last year. It was the biggest argument of the entire playoffs. Turns out they do because the Celtics beat them and the Celtics should have beat them in four, but Joe jinxed them all the way to seven (laughs) uh, or five or whatever it was. And then the Celtics got beat by the Heat. So they're not even as good as the team that lost in the finals. They're not even as good as the team that lost to the team that lost in the finals. So fuck them. I don't care about them. Pascal Siakam has been completely figured out. They have a top three coach, so I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. Top five, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen with the Raptors. They're going to lose a few more games. They're going to go through a, a few more bad stretches. They're going to put together a couple good runs, but you, it'll be sneaky bad teams that they're beating because Nick Nurse is just going to outcoach them and try to figure out. Like, and he'll just like use minutes smart and all that stuff. And they'll probably make the playoffs again. I I'll, I'll say they sneak into the playoffs again at sixth through eighth. And then they're going to get waxed by whoever they play immediately because they suck. Sorry, Bobby. Don't the Raptors. And also, it doesn't help, I will say, in their defense that they have to play in Florida and not at home. Which is worse than not having any fans because they're not even, like, where they live.
0: So that is tough. Now, I don't want to, like... Oh, you're going to concede. Yeah, I am going to concede here. The Raptors this year, they're not even close to the team they were last year. So they lost one of the most physical defenders in the NBA, Serge Ibaka. And brought in Aaron Baines to replace him. Oof. Okay. So, like that right there, any kind of inside presence, any kind of worry that anyone had down low is gone. And that completely takes away from what their strength was their guards, Fred Van Fleet and, and Lowry. You, you can't not have a down low presence and have two guys under 6'2 be your best players. That's just not going to work, never will, never has.
1: I'm glad you finally come around. Now, never disagree with me again.
0: <laughs> they lost a big piece. Also, Pascal is out right now. So, like, he he is hurt. So, the one five is a little deceptive. Has he been hurt all year? He's been, uh, I think he's been out last week.
1: Yeah, I think he's played. And I feel like he has not played well. But maybe he's playing hurt. I don't know. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. You know why? Because they're not our problem anymore. Because we're probably not going to have to worry about him too much coming postseason.
0: If he was playing hurt, it was just growing, So, I don't feel him. I don't blame him for feeling bad or playing bad. Terry, he hurt your groin, bro. That's pretty rough. I know. That's 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 rough in the pride, dude. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm going to concede this one. Speaking of pride, I'm definitely conceding this one because this team is not even close to the team. They were last. Remember last year I was like their basketball porn. Now they're like the porn that you're like, Oh my God. And you got to shut the computer. Like no.
3: I don't think a lot of people <laughs> understand that or will admit to it anyway. But Bobby, that's why we have to see these things out. You can't just make it take and stick with it. You got to see the things out first. So. Exactly. You got to see it and then react. And then uh, be wrong the whole time and then be wrong at the end. Right. You have just to be, be right wrong at the end and then, and then be wrong.
0: That's how it works. I do want to talk about my surprise team of the entire Eastern Conference. And I think they are going to be contenders and that's the Atlanta Hawks. Last thing I'm going to say is I think this team is real. I think they're here to stay. And I think that they will be in the top six in the Eastern conference.
1: Just for funsies of the two emerging teams in the Eastern conference at the start of the NBA season to attach our bandwagons to just for fun. I'm going to take the Orlando magic in that same vein. I think that they're legit. I think they have good players. They've won some games. I think that, yeah, they're very fun to watch. And I think we, we should watch that narrative because I think it's going to be the magic that get good and have finish higher than the Atlanta Hawks and Bobby thinks it's the Atlanta Hawks. So tune in to find out who's winning listeners.
0: I can't wait to fight. I can't wait to fight. I can't wait to fight with you over this.
3: Yeah. (laughs) We always have competitions uh, on missing the point, whether it's uh, who we want to take out of the NFL hall of fame, still Troy Aikman, or uh, if it's every episode, Every episode (laughs) we're talking about basketball. You're right. You know what? I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you for teaching me to basketball tonight, guys. That was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I hope you guys did as well. We've obviously broken down most of the league. Definitely the Celtics. My name is Joe Malgin. I'm your host. Thank you to Dave Clark. Uh, and bob kelly for joining me tonight on missing the point we want to thank craig d'alessandro our ep even though he didn't keep time of our episode which he normally does (laughs) <laughs> we he, think he, he didn't even go with the beanie tonight. He went with the hoodie. So I think he's just Belichick, and he's checked out, and he's sitting on it at his on his couch in his vacation home in Nantucket. Hey,
0: I'm surprised his dog wasn't sitting. Nah, i was about like to that. say my dog's yeah. doing the draft.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, your dog's keeping the times <laughs> the time for us. So, guys, thank you very much for joining us. This has been another episode of Missing the Point, and we'll catch you next time. Electric, acid. Electric acid.
0: Welcome to the Candle Power Hour.
3: Cast.